jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, friends. Welcome to the You Up podcast. It's me, Nikki Glazer. How are you today? Um... I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for all of the the nice uh, comments and messages I got, both recommending me shows to watch. There's a show called Sinners someone told me about, Too Hot to Handle, the, um, oh man, there's the one show with Kristen Bell and Don Cheadle. Someone said I would like that. I don't really like like scripted series. I know that's weird and everyone likes stuff like that, but I don't. I just want to watch people like really, like real people doing real things. I like reality TV and documentary stuff. I watched, I rewatched or started rewatching, um, oh God, what's it called? Hot Girls Wanted, which is like about the porn industry. It's a documentary that was like from 2016 but I really recommend it. I didn't remember any of what I watched. Isn't that weird that you can watch a whole show and series and sink so much time into something and then two years later, you like don't remember any of it? That's why I like to watch things multiple times because I just, I want them to sink in. You know that show, Andrew's watched the show, um, I Know This Much Is True on HBO, it just came out, Mark Ruffalo. I hear it's fantastic, but I read that book. It's a Wally Lamb book and I loved it the first time. I read it again. It's a big ass book. It's the only book I've ever read twice besides like Good Night Moon. And um, I don't remember literally anything about it. I'm not joking you, nothing, nothing about it. Not a single scene, nothing. And I read it twice. And I wasn't like high when I read it. I wasn't drunk. I I was just... I just don't retain things. And it was my favorite book. And I still say it's my favorite book. Do I know anything about it? Nothing. Um, I really have given up on that romance novel, the one I was reading, the the kiss quotient. I mean, there was part of me reading it being like, I should make this into a movie and I should star in it. Um, because that's a thing you can do, I guess. Like if you're if you're a celebrity and you want a project, you can just like buy the rights to a book and then make it into a movie and then be in it. I mean, I don't know how that's, I'm not famous enough to do that. I really, this whole COVID thing happened right before I got truly famous enough to like have a lot of power and and be able to do whatever I want. I'm just on the cusp. I'm where people think I'm famous enough, but I, and now that this COVID has happened, I haven't been in the spotlight for three months as no one has, except unless you get canceled. Um, and so now I've, I'm back at like where I was in 2015, I think. Like it's, it's just my, my, my IMD star meter, IMDB star meter rating has definitely sunk. But in my own mind, it's sunk. Like I just don't feel um, the way I felt in March about myself. I've talked to you guys about this. I talked about it yesterday, which a lot of you wrote to me about when I was talking about being depressed and um, having all those feelings and how it made you feel better. And that made me feel so good that I'm not alone with those thoughts. And thanks for um, writing to me about it. So that means that means a lot. I, w- I slept 12 hours last night, legit 12 hours and three minutes. And I know that because I keep track of it on my Fitbit. 
And I woke up this morning and I pressed my Fitbit and I was like, I'm awake. And it was 12. I was asleep. I only woke up one time to go to the bathroom for 12 hours and three minutes. And I loved it. I was having great dreams. I just didn't want to get up. And it wasn't a depression sleep, even though it really sounds like it. I was just freaking tired. And, um, and I woke up, my parents were out at their jobs. They have jobs. I don't. And, um, they, uh, my dad got home. I gave him this present. He loved it. It was a cool shirt that I got in Kansas city. And I wrote this like really meaningful card. And then I looked at the card and my sister got him and she really trumped me with her message. She's very eloquent and kind and like very emotional and sweet in her birthday letters. And it's just, so hers was really good too. But then my dad opened the card and I was like, can you not read that in front of me? Cause it's like, it was paragraph upon paragraph of like mm, how I feel about him. And I could never say it to his face, you know? Um, and so he went in the other room and read it and then came back. And I think he like had to go off and cry or something. Uh, Cause it wasn't as good as my sister's and he was disappointed in me. Just kidding. I, um, that's what my mom does when she drunk. She, when she's drunk, she says something crazy and then she goes, just kidding like right after it. Um, my mom, I can't believe she cleaned my room. I still can't get over it. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her yet since she cleaned it, but I went to bed last night after I had recorded the podcast and, um, she hadn't made my bed, which was good. She just like made, I don't know. I think I made it before I left. So I don't think she touched my bed because all of my toys were in bed. And I, people might think that I'm like a, um, very sexual person because I've had sex shows. I, my special venue was about sex and I have three different sex toys. Two are like clit sucking things. And the other is the Hitachi wand. And I only like have two of the, the, the ones because they are battery powder powered. And sometimes they run out of juice. Um, I know I do. And so, um, juiced up. And so they are all in my bed and they're all like tucked in like, uh, I literally opened, <laughs> opened my bed. I like threw back the covers last night and I saw them all laying next to each other. And I started singing, we are family. They looked like a family. Um, and like the, you know, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like all the grandparents in bed. I didn't use it. I have no desire to. Um, I'm not going to put that jade egg in my vagina. I had someone write to me today that, it can be bad for you. But I just feel like, yeah, if you leave it in for weeks, it's bad. Anything can be bad when not, not used in moderation. I want to moderately use a jade egg in my vagina, however that translates. Um, so I still might do it, even though someone was like, sent me an article about, I guess Gwyneth Paltrow said that she used the jade egg and, and anything she does, everyone wants to be mad about, including me. She makes me really upset how perfect she seems to be. I would like to see Gwyneth Paltrow like having a really bad day and like throwing herself on the floor and crying because her spray tan is like sloughing off and her hair feels thin and she ate too much or, you know, like, do you think she gets like that? I'm sure she does, but I would like to see that side of her, please. Um, what else can I tell you? Mike Birbiglia is going to be on the show. I'm excited to talk to him. I'll preface it by saying that, um, I've known Mike for a really long time. I met him when I first started comedy in 2003, 
four, three, three, four. I think it was the summer of 2004. He came and talked to my comedy class that I was taking a, a comedy class at the St. Louis Funny Bone. And he was the headlining comedian that weekend. And so the headliner would always come to the comedy classes and talk to the comedy classes about comedy and give them advice and answer questions. And it was just like such a cool part of the class because the class was held at the, the comedy club. And Mike came and I had like not even done, I think I'd done like a couple open mics at that point. Maybe I'd been thinking about doing comedy a year, but not really doing it. It doesn't matter. I was very inexperienced, but um, we were pitching jokes and he like kind of sat in on a session and he heard one of my jokes and was like, that is really funny. He was like the first person who I respected. who was like, you're not the first person, but one of the first, like an outsider, like a guy that just came through town and was like, oh my God, you're funny. And I was like, yes. And I felt um, so good. And I then developed the biggest crush on him because I was like, he thinks I'm funny. And I went on to be like obsessed with him in a way that I almost relate to this neighbor guy that I've been talking to, who's like much younger than me and uh, has watched everything I've done, I think. And so I think he, th he knows me better than he thinks he does because he's just watched me on TV a ton, probably listened to podcasts and I'm like famous to him. And that was the way Mike was to me. He was like super famous to me. I was, I watched all of his stand up, and I was like in love. I remember telling my dad I was gonna marry him Cut to years later, we are really great friends. And it's so funny to me that I used to be like gaga over him and dead dead set on the idea that I was gonna marry him. Like I knew it. And my dad still teases me about it. Like you told me like, I'm a hundred percent gonna marry him. And yeah, I wrote it in his Father's Day card from two days ago, but two days ago yesterday, but you know, that was the past, I'm over it. No, I, I love Mike so much. I'm so excited to talk to him. He is still such a person that I talk to and always makes me feel so good about my sense of humor, which I question constantly, constantly, constantly. So um, it'll be good to talk to him, a little self-esteem boost, I'm sure. And uh, we're going to talk to him about his new book, The New One, which is based off of his Broadway show, The New One, which I saw last year, which was phenomenal. And um, I don't even think you could see it anymore. No, it's on Netflix, duh. Uh, the New One, Mike Rubiglia, one of the greatest storytellers, one of the greatest comics I've ever known. And, um, and I read a chapter of his book today and I'm gonna ask him for advice on writing a book because, oh boy, I am struggling more than I was even uh, months ago when I first brought that up. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. And wait, well, what's the name of your, uh, your the new one? Podcast? It's also the it's also the oh the podcast is called Working It Out. Working it out, working it yes, out. Yes, which okay. I want you to come on when you have oh a my moment. God, I but would love to. you're a busy you're a busy person. I always feel bad asking busy people to do more stuff. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I, I'm, I'm grateful that you think I'm a busy person. <laughs> I'm glad that I read that way because I'm <laughs> living with my parents. Uh, I no longer have a radio show that I'm doing every day. I do this podcast, but I mean, it's 30 minutes out of my sure. day. Not bad. Sure. And then I'm kind of starting to do stand up again, which is a weird thing that I want to talk to you about. But are you really? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of conflicted about it, but. Uh, and I'm trying especially to write a book. After, well, especially after DL. I know, and I'm going to that club, Zanies, um, oh in a couple gosh. weeks. gosh, you gotta and be kidding me. I know, I'm, I'm having a call with my people about it later today because I just don't wanna be a part of something that on the back end is gonna look really irresponsible. But I also- Or, or, or be irresponsible. Or being your beers. I know, but the thing is, I'm not being irresponsible because I'm doing everything to not get it. I'm not scared about getting it, being on stage, talking into a mic that's been sanitized and walking into a club and not touching anything and washing my hands. But you gotta but if, get, you gotta get tested. That's the thing that DL taught me okay. was, I think that the performers have to get tested. Oh, right. You know what I mean? I mean, I he, performed last week and there was a, box on stage that they made with electrical tape to keep you there so that your spit range was well over six feet that and that I that should have existed decades ago <laughs> how is that a new invention <laughs> i know that's a really good point i'm tired of watching walk having me walk <laughs> around the stage with fake bravado yeah keep them contained i know i i i remember months ago ac accidentally spitting on a woman after making some point you know, just like, and you could just could see a piece of spit fly. And I was just like, I mean, months and months and months and months ago, like last year. Yeah. And, um, I don't need Gary Goldman spitting on me just because yeah. I like his jokes. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have been like flattered as a, uh, as an audience member at some <laughs> comedian shows if they spit on me, mainly you. Like I, I was just saying before <laughs> your segment, I was so in love with you when I was a young comic a legal young comic yes. might i say i was like i if, if i would have gotten a piece of spit of yours on me because i used to do gross things i used to go to like john mayer concerts i was in love with him i was in love oh, with like yeah. howie day and i would one time i stole john mayer's water bottle and drank like the the remnants of it which was just like a, a, a thin line of water at the bottom of it and i was like his backwash it's like his oh saliva gosh. and was wow. like so excited because i had such a crush um I, uh, I've known you for so long. I'm so excited to talk to you today about your new book, The New One, uh, which is based upon the it's Broadway show. It's an expansion of the Broadway show that you and Anya saw. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and it includes my wife, Jen's poems. And it's just like more stories, more jokes. And, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I read through some of it and... God, you're such a good writer. I mean, which oh, I've always known, obviously, for the stage. It's like no one compares to you in terms of just telling a story. So just using the perfect, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about how, what good writing is. We all know good writing when we see it, but it's just um, so, you're, but but I saw so many things in the book that I was like, was that in the show? So what? So I mean, like five times, there, there's like, it's like five times longer than the show is. Whoa. So like- so like it's so uh, so the the show is like ten thousand words and the book is like fifty thousand words and 
And so like what I would do is like it's about the first 13 months of my daughter's life and my wife's and nine months of my wife's pregnancy before that. And and then I basically went into my journals and stuff from that period of time. And I like I like wrote out like fuller stories from that period of time. And and so like there's tons of new stuff in it. And I'm like in some ways, I mean, look, I mean, we all say this if we have a new special, if we have a new movie, whatever it is, it's like the proudest I've ever been of something I've yeah. written. But I do feel like you get better as a writer. Like, yeah. I think the more like that's the thing people ask for writing advice. It's like the only writing advice is right. I know that's the toughest thing because you uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it'll make me a better writer to read more. Like, I always want to take the shortcut. <laughs> Your jokes, by the way, about reading are some of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Reading is just feels like such an accomplishment to me. But writing is the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, I'm attempting to write a book because I have interest in, in that. And now that there's no stand up, I'm like, okay, I can't just turn down this money anymore. But sure. I don't know if I can do it, Mike. I, um, I, you already were, were writing in journals. I mean, what's your background with actual writing? So like when I was a, you know, in high school, I took a lot of creative writing classes. When I was in college, I took screenwriting and playwriting classes. Mm -hmm. And so like I, when I was in college, I, I wrote like three feature length screenplays and like, I thought I was going to be a screenwriter. And then I discovered that's actually not a job you can apply for. Like <laughs> literally like, isn't it weird how from college to like life you realize it like, it like it pops the balloon of fantasy yeah. on like, you think it's a job and then you're like, oh, that's not even a job. No. And the best, the best, the closest you can get to it being an actual job is just going on to teach that. No, I know. That's it. Yeah. It's, um, it's really discouraging. And I, and I feel as someone who's, I mean, I know I'm a good writer because I was an English major. I got good grades. I can just bust out an essay over at last minute and get an A on it. I want every, I like comedy. That's why I found comedy. It's last minute writing for me. Like I just write yeah. a joke. I, I'm not someone who toils over the structure and the word choice and just, I kind of say it enough that it finds its way, but actually writing, sitting down and writing, I'm, um, I, it's, it's paralyzing the fear Here, that I have over it. Here's what I'd recommend. There's one of my favorite writers is Mary Carr and she has this book called the art of memoir. And it and she's written right. some of the best memoirs I've ever read. She wrote The Liars Club and this book called Cherry, another book called Lit. And her oh, books yeah. are amazing. And you can they're on she reads them herself on audiobook. So like on if you go on Audible, which you can also find my book there. <laughs> but but no, but she's uh th this book Art of Memoirs is amazing. One of the things that she says, and I ended up using this in my podcast, working it out where I ask my guests a series of prompts. So like one of them is like, um, do you remember a smell from childhood? Ooh. And so for me, I remember when I was a kid, I like the YMCA pool smell. Like they, like I, I like the thing about the YMCA pool is like, they are not shy about their use of chlorine at the Y. Like, I don't know what the hell kind of heinous crime they're covering up, but something went down. I don't know if there was like a mob hit in the middle of the night. They're like, do we dig a ditch or do we bring the body down to the YMCA? I got a family membership. We, we drop it in the deep end. 
you know, like there's something up by morning. That (laughs) there's something is up. Yeah, the I love I love a good prompt. Does that? um, So I'm gonna read that book because I need help. I've tried everything. I actually hired a girl to ghostwrite for me, and I got and she write she wrote an essay for me based on a long conversation we had, and I was just like, I'm gonna have to rewrite this. Yes, it's don't do it. Don't do and it, Nikki. I just got the bill for it. It was twenty four hundred dollars to talk oh to gosh. this woman for an hour and to no. have to write fourteen hundred no. words. You gotta be kidding me. You know who you should link up with is um my director, Seth Barish, does like an extraordinary amount of like work with me where I'll pitch him a story and he'll reflect back to me what he hears from it. Ooh. So like I'll say like I had this story, you know, where I sleepwalked through a window and blah 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 and he'll go, "Well, what I get from that is this and this and this." And when you hear someone say a story back to you, it's really helpful to be like, "Oh, that's what that is." That's good. Okay. I'll I'll try that. He's um, he's phenomenal, but like it's yeah, you should totally write a book because I always say this. I was talking to Greg Warren, our mutual friend from St. Louis the other day yeah. about you and like and like you're one of the few people who I've known in comedy who when you talk, it's funny. Like when you tell stories, it's funny. You oh, are yes. just a funny person. And and so when you're writing a book, honestly, it's about the sheer amount of hours you're going to put into it. Right. And then the ability for you to edit it back. Well, Mike, I appreciate you saying that. And I even predicted that you were going to boost my self-esteem after this because <laughs> it is low right now. It's as low as it can go. And um, I've been so depressed lately. I, I'm, I mean, really... I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. But, wait, wait, but I, I want to ask about that because I feel like so much of my self-esteem comes from having a project to promote or having something yes. on the table. Now, obviously this book is huge. It's coming out. It's, uh, or it is, it is out, right? It is out. Yeah. It yeah. is out. The even what, one. even you just miss saying that right now is oh. my depression. I know. It's like, you have like, this oh, book didn't... coming out and you're my friend. I know. That's We're bad. friends. And you're like, your book's coming out. It came yeah. out last week, Nikki. Okay. I, I understand. <laughs> that and you better you. keep that in. I'm, keep that in. I'm gonna keep it in. I fucked it up because everyone, you know, when you promote something, you don't know no, of if course. they're promoting for the the future. You kind of like no, gloss of over it. You don't look at the date. So please don't take any offense to me. Not I'm annoying. not at all. I'm not at okay, all. Okay. Okay. But I. But the fact that you, I mean, I think if I wrote a book ever, just one, I'd be set. For <laughs> I'd be like, I did the hardest thing that could yeah. ever happen that I could ever do. And you've written. You know, I hope I don't get this wrong. Two books. Two yeah. books, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did, tell me, uh, this is what I really want to know before we have to go. Wh- when did you find time to do it? How did you make mm. time? What did you do? Is it a ritualistic thing that you did? And and I also want to talk about your journaling because do you journal like every day? I mean, how do you keep comedy writing separate than uh, one-man show writing separate from book writing separate from journaling? So So the way that I wrote the book was it's all in cafes. Like, like and my wife and I both write in cafes for me it's because i stay awake yeah i'm not even kidding like i'll go to a cafe at nine in the morning i'll be like i just have to stay here till noon i can drink as much coffee as i want Mm -hmm. and and i just have to keep writing and that's it i have to stay awake and i have to keep writing how many hours do you like put an hour three hours on it or do you- three hours i don't think more than three hours i think that you get diminishing returns there's like a there's like a famous hemingway line which is like 
which is like advice, which is like, uh, you want to leave enough ink in the pen that the next day you have somewhere to start. Ah, uh, yeah. And so you don't want to like blow yourself out of everything you have. You'll like a full, you should bring your laptop fully charged and write until it just has enough power to start the next day. That's exactly it. That's the updated Hemingway version of that. That's a good <laughs> That's idea. You're Nikki. I always think of you as the new Hemingway, but now it's official. <laughs> no, but you, cafes being closed. Oh my I, God. I relate yeah, to yeah. that. Outdoor cafes. Okay. Phase yeah, two, outdoor cafes. Okay. I think you're okay. good. I think, look, Nikki, like you're like one of the people, you're like one of the few people I know because we both know so many comedy frauds, right? Yes. We don't have to name names mm -hmm. and they're just not, they're not funny, right? Right. And we know they're not funny and we all talk about it. There's a whisper campaign. I'm scared I'm one of those. No, you're not. You're not. But so I feel you... like I've convinced people that I'm not. Like I've convinced smarter people <laughs> that I am not. Like I just think by virtue of being a nice person, people I respect like you might think no. I'm funny, but you, you really don't. No. I've tricked you. I'm telling you. And I've said this. <laughs> I've said this. I said this to Greg Warren the other night when I was talking on the phone with him. I was like, the funniest I've ever seen Nikki is when I would do my working it out shows in Brooklyn yeah. and you would come and you just free associate on stage and you oh, just thanks. talk and riff and tell stories. And I'm like, I feel like if you could bottle that in a book um, or whatever you're putting it in, I think that's gold because I think like you're the real deal. Like I think <laughs> there's so many, I just think in our field, there's so many frauds. Like there's so many people where it's like, it's more of like a commercial for a comedian than a comedian. <laughs> yes. It's like, well, I, lo I love that commercial for that comedian. He's like, but you do like the comedian? <laughs> well, well, the comedian, he's not so funny, but the commercial for him is hilarious. God, you're so right. And uh, that's, I, I really appreciate you saying that because I do. But you do you ever feel that way too, though, that you feel like a fraud? Like, what am I doing? Like, is that what's, where some of your depression sometimes comes from? Where does it come from? I, my depression lately has just been yeah, like, where? Be, you know, between Tulsa and, yeah. you know, like, yes. oh my, like, it, you just, in, you know, and obviously cabin fever, you're mm -hmm. living with your parents, I'm with my wife and daughter, like, it's, it's the people I love, but at a certain point, you're like, I feel feel like I need to speak to someone else also, or else I'm like, I, and, and so. And that's yeah. when you say yes to Elon Gold's Instagram live show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I'm so desperate. <laughs> yes. And then, um, and then just like the state of everything is, it's quite sad right now. I mean, I feel like with, you know, the black lives matter stuff is really sad. The police violence is really sad. Like there's, there's so many things like, compounding on top of itself yeah. you know some of our comedy peers being terrible it's sad i it's know it's just sad it really yeah you're not wrong and and all the things that were sad before all of these things popped off are are still sad too like you know i'm getting depressed now because like you go to a restaurant and it's all plastic silverware and we have to do that because of covid but then i'm like this is yes. so much waste. Now this, I get depressed about like environmental stuff, really like sad. And that COVID has made it so much, uh, so much more wasteful. Plastic but, bags, you have to go to the grocery store and use plastic bags. You can't bring your own. I'm like, fuck. It's so interesting that you should say that because I was thinking the other day, cause I'm like a hyper recycler. 
Well, guess what? China's not even taking our recycling anymore. Oh, I know. So a lot of the stuff that we're recycling right now, it's just going to the garbage anyway. It's an illusion. Yeah. I hate to be that person who's saying that, but it's actually true. I know. It's... And, and there's so much waste right now with COVID. So much. And then so obviously, so, and so many people have died. I mean, it's like, it, I feel like it is so it is so hard every day to get over the despair and not despair. I mean, then that's... Know. The enemy is despair, you know, because if you if you if you if you're despairing, then you have no more energy left left to fight. Does does writing help your depression? I mean, how do you does journal? Do you actually journal every day? It, I don't journal every day. I journal like every few days, mostly when I'm oh. angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually, like I always say this to people, like if they if they get angry or depressed or like whatever, it's like I always say just write in a journal because it's the it's the most it's the least expensive form of therapy because yes. by the end of it you read what you were writing about and you're like well i'm being a little bit irrational here yes yes my friend actually coined a term i, I spent time with a grade school friend this weekend and she tells her she's a uh, personal trainer she tells her clients to journ and burn journ and like, burn journ, journal rip it out and then burn it in like a yeah. way because anything you're writing that you wouldn't want to burn is not going to get the, sh <sighs> the shit out anyway it should be something that you know you want to get rid of and get it out i always I think it. that like if i died which all of us can that's what my next show is about my next show is called ymca <laughs> pool that i'm working on and it's all about how i'm it was my birthday this weekend i'm turned 42 oh my which gosh, is i know birthday. thanks but it's like Halfway through my life, not technically, not everybody dies at 84, but no one's ever like 80 through 100. Those are the years. <laughs> They're like, I was 83. I reached for a grape and I never walked again. <laughs> so, so like, you know, like I think about like death all the time. Like any of us can die every time any, at any time. And then it's oh, like, yeah. well, what if I die and they fucking read my journals? My journals are terrible. They're literally right. terrible. Yeah, you want to you want to go through and edit them to make them better. You're you're more embarrassed not about the content but about how bad they, they are. Right. The it's like the great they pick up my journal. They're like the great Mike Birbiglia wrote in his journal. I'm so sad today. You know, like it's just like not eloquent at all. <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. Well, the I really want to um just say that the new one I'm uh the new one and it's uh the new one painfully true stories from a reluctant dad um i saw the broadway show it was just so powerful so the best thanks. work i've seen from you uh thanks and oh which is, is so, saying so much because i've always just looked at you as truly one of the greats not saying that with any kind of ir irony like just someone i aspire to be and in, in, in so many so many ways but the new one um the the new book you i would really recommend my listeners get this book for any new parent, any parent at all, honestly, but someone maybe who's even thinking about having kids, someone who's sure they're not going to have kids. Uh, it's a good birthday present for a new mom, a new dad, someone who's going to be having kids uh, in the, in like, you know, seven months from now. I mean, this is a book that is going to, it's anyone... so honest in your approach to <laughs> being very reluctant dad is the words I want to hone in on there. This was not having a baby was not on the in the plans for you necessarily. It was not in the plans, and it's like and it's dark. You know, it's darkly comic. Like it, yes. like it tells. I'm telling people the stuff that like I would never want to admit to anyone. Yeah, and like you know what's weird about that? I don't know if you find this as a comic, but like sometimes people will be like, "Too much information." You're like, exactly. <laughs> you mean the point? 
Like, isn't that what a book is? It's too much information. It's not a tweet. <laughs> yes. I'm ex- I'm excited to read it because if it's five times the length of the show I saw, I, I can't even imagine what other stories you admit to and things because it was so honest, Mike. I mean, Thanks. you know, you, when I first uh, saw you as a comic and just revered you so much, you were talking about your fears of bears and just like cutesy stories that were just so perfectly written and had uh, more punchlines than I could even imagine, you know, ringing out of a a topic. But this, you're admitting things that you never really expected to admit. At what point in your career do you think you shifted to like the honest? I I did this, uh, I did a story for the moth when I was, you know, I don't know, 25 years old. It was like 2003, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these things where I told this story about, it's the my girlfriend's boyfriend title story, which is like yeah. in high school, I had my first girlfriend and, and she told me she had another boyfriend, but it was fine because they're breaking up. And then like mm-hmm. eventually like he invites, she invites me to, to meet her parents. And I'm like, yay. And I go there and then he's there too. Like I swear to, and this is a totally true story. And I was like, so I'm meeting my girlfriend's boyfriend and then we he says, let's go hang out at my house. And we went to his house and I go, it's very strange meeting your girlfriend's boyfriend's parents for the first time. It's like you, you feel terrible, but you also don't want to make a bad impression, you know. And like it was actually when I told that for the moth, it was the first time where I was like, I think I'm better than at this than just jokes. I really do. And I feel like I was connecting with an audience where I was like, I think that we our kindred spirits like there's something that's beyond jokes here that's that feels and i feel a deep relationship with my fans like when my fans come up to me i'm not like all right see ya like immediately like like, i feel like i feel like i like my fans like i feel like i i don't have the most fans but i think i have like the funniest and most empathetic fans yes yes i i relate to that because of the same thing because of they're attracted to this kind of oversharing type of comedy so they must it must resonate with them. Thus they must be like me. And I just, most of my fans, I'm like, Oh, we would be friends. Totally. Um, When someone says too much information, I'm like, Oh, that's a great title. Yeah. (laughs) It's I, I just, I read part of your book this morning and I don't usually laugh out loud. Like I'm not usually LOLing at reading and it really it got me a couple times like of like by myself in my kitchen not trying to like impress my dad like i'm reading right you know when you like laugh out loud at something to like make people think that you are smarter than you are i mean i was sitting alone laughing out loud so i i can't recommend this book enough if you are late to get a father's day gift boom this is what to get the new one mike berbiglia uh pick it up like i'm saying like i told you it's a great gift for anyone who's even thinking about having kids and certainly for anyone who has kids so um and anyone who's banging and anyone who's (laughs) (laughs) to bring it back to you i appreciate (laughs) that thank you so much for for stopping by today mike it's always the most fun talking to you whether we're gossiping on the phone or whether we're uh, (laughs) yeah we got some stuff to talk about i can't wait to call you pretty soon (laughs) we've got a lot to talk about off air yeah yeah. Uh, thanks again and uh i'll talk to you soon all right awesome squirt squirt and jackpot This has been a Comedy Central podcast.